Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Barricade Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast Sold Out. With me, your host, Freddie Loso, with my co-host, the Devil's Advocate, Robert Fink. Gentlemen, today in wrestling history, one of the most important days in wrestling history, the debut of the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, 1972. Big day in wrestling. Also a few title changes that I, I, when I was doing my research, a bunch of title changes as well. Bruno Sammartino won the World Heavyweight Championship. Terry Funk won the NWA Championship. So for some reason, this day has a lot of history attached to it. But I think the biggest of all is the debut of the Nature Boy. And Rob was the only one alive on the show to see it. Damn straight. (laughs) I wet my pants when when he came out. And our other co-host, Blackbeard himself, the Encyclopedia. And gentlemen, if you're not in the way, stay out of our way. Freddie has no idea where that came from. You don't know where that came from? No. (laughs) Oh, boy. You guys know we do a wrestling podcast, right? I do. I'm still, I'm still catching up on certain things. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Bob Backlund's not champion still? Wait a minute, what? What? Wait, Diesel didn't win in eight seconds? <laughs> For your information, that that is Johnny Gargano and his new yeah. new faction. I guess they're called The Way, or is that just his catchphrase? See, Gargano stuff, I kind of fast-forward through it. I'm not a huge Gargano mark, so for Nobody me, that's is. like... He's getting better, but actually, I think it might have been Candace that said that specifically. So let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. <laughs> Since we're already talking about it, we had war games over the weekend. We will give him props to start now. The encyclopedia himself beat us in the uh, in the picks this week. He was... He had the better record than all of us. So did so, Steve. Stevie, Stevie tied me. Stevie, Stevie tied him. Hell does freeze over. So, you know. <laughs> I was, was going to say, a broken, like, was gonna say a broken clock is right twice, twice a day. Right, twice, right, right, right. Now, before you go any further, I, I was going to be humble about it because I really don't have much to brag about. But I will say the you fucked up moment of the week goes to both of you losers because nobody's ever gotten just one win on a special event in our picks until you two did it this week together. Well, we had to let you get back, right? We had to let, let you get back. Let me just tell back. you this. WWE is wrong. That's the answer. Yeah. They booked this show totally wrong. If they would have listened to Freddie and I, it would be it would have been a better show. Okay, go go ahead. I, I've been waiting for the bitch session all week. Go for it. <laughs> okay, well, first of all, um, the triple threat match, I thought they pulled the trigger too soon on Ruff. I guess... Knowing now that now that carrying Cross is back in, I guess uh, they wanted to start pushing all that forward. So that's why you, you know what happened, what happened. But I still think they could they had a little more mileage out of that because now I think he's just uh, he's you know rough falls back into nowhere land. Okay. So I, I I didn't really see the the point of that. I think they could he only got one title defense. I mean if you're gonna go through all that and have him win the title, you couldn't let him win once, and then you know drop it at some other point. Um, 
the women's war game match again i think of an excellent match i think uh, i was really impressed with shotzi blackheart but i think the other team should have won i think shirai's team should have won and i think that should have been the swan song for rhea ripley to move up to the next level because now it looks like she's going right back in with raquel gonzalez which they already did this you know, so they're moving forward with that. But I think that could have been the nice sending off point for a couple of the ladies because I don't know why they're, they're clustering the ball in NXT. They need to move some of them into the other areas of the shows that need lady challengers. I mean, uh, SmackDown has nobody. Raw has nobody. They're, they're recycling the same women over and over again. I don't understand it. They have a great set of women in NXT. They need to start farming them out a little bit and giving them a chance to shine on a bigger stage. And then the guys... For the last part, I mean, I think they had – McPhee had all the momentum in the world. I think it was a great angle. It could have kept going. I also thought that the Undisputed Era, their time is done in NXT. I think they need to move on. I think they need to go to a different show. Um, I feel that way about, like, Gargano. Like, they like they got a lot of the same guys sitting there just right, recycling through the same programs. And I'm just – I love NXT. But they got to start making room for some of these other guys. And I think they could have used this show to springboard some of these other people into some of these other shows that really could use an infusion of some new talent. Now, I'll, I'll piggyback off yours. Um, I love the women's match. I thought it was great. What really pissed me off was everybody bitching and moaning about Io Shirai's spot where she jumped off the top with the trash can. And everybody's like, oh, no, it's too much. Why is she doing it? What's the difference between her doing that and then you have Darby Allen jumping off a corner every fucking week with a fucking barrel doing the same shit? But then it's, oh, no, Darby Allen, he's fucking, he's the next big thing. He's he's so innovative. What's the fucking difference? I don't get it. We bitch and moan about WWE. We bitch and moan about AEW. But then... When we see similar spots, oh, well, no, they can't do this, but they can do it. Like, you got to – you can't be half pregnant. Either be in about it with the same spots because AEW does the same fucking spots every week, and it's it's a spot fest. WWE does one spot, and then, oh, no, well, it's too dangerous. Why are the women doing this? It doesn't – fuck you. That's what I say. That's, that's my little rant on that. <laughs> I like your rants. I want you to. I want you to set up a rant every week. Could you do that for me? We should have a little like. We should have like Freddy's Corner, where you just go off on something for like two minutes. Hey, I'll do it. I got no problem. <laughs> we could. Has to be wrestling related, though. We got to we'll come up it. with it. <laughs> we need to come up with I'll a catchy some... name for it, like Freddy Fries the Internet or something. There you go. What really yeah, grinds? My <laughs> that's not it. But we'll think of something. I know that's not it, but. <laughs> So what did you think we'll you get, saw the show? And then I the um, the main event, I really enjoyed it. I thought it went on a little too long, like Rob said. Um, I love the spots. I thought it was great that McAfee did some of the big spots as well. Like, it, it really sold the fact that he was in the match. You know, it wasn't like, okay, he's the weak link. He's going to take a bump. And he's going to be off for 15 minutes while everybody else is doing their thing. You know, you had him in certain spots with uh, Riley, um, with Cole, not so much with Fish or um, Roderick Strong. Strong. 
But with Cole and Riley, I thought it, it was really good to set up him coming off the top of the cage. Uh, like I was telling Rob before we jumped on, he did sell it. He sold the angle the next day on his radio show wearing a neck brace. And, you know, he did more selling on his on his radio show than the Young Bucks have the entire year in any of their matches. So there's another little rant for you guys. Encyclopedia, what do you think? I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to defend the Young Bucks for once because Matt Jackson's still selling that foot injury. He is. He is. They're listening to this podcast. How long did it take him? How long has AEW <laughs> been in business? Did you see that when next last time he held his leg, he went he went like this, and he went, "That's right, Anthony. Look, selling." <laughs> yeah. He was pointing to his leg. Look, Anthony. Look, I'm selling it. <laughs> I heard you. Right. I heard you. <laughs> right. I thought the women's match was the best match on the card, and that's despite the fact that. I know you were praising Shotzi Blackheart. I still don't see it, and I saw her and Candice were a little sloppy at certain points, so I don't want the, either one of them getting called up yet. I don't. I, I see Candice kind of regressing at certain times, and I felt like that was happening there. But the, I thought the match was fun. I think Raquel challenging Neo would be something new. The fact that Rhea Ripley and Raquel had their little thing last night. Maybe they're going triple threat. I don't know. Um, you mentioned bringing some of the women up to the main roster. I would agree with you, except for the fact that if you go and look, the people from NXT the last couple of years that have gotten called up, if they did well in NXT, they're shitting the bed on the main roster, and that's not necessarily their own fault. That's usually Vince. I mean, Bianca Belair was never a big shit down in NXT. I mean, she was borderline challenger. She's practically going to be a number one contender within the next couple months. Elias was never did much of anything down in NXT, uh, had a totally different character. He moved up, and he's been a, getting a featured spot on and off. And then the ones that you think from NXT that are going to kill it, they get moved up, and they don't do anything. So I'd hate to see the, any of them get called up and get wasted. And that's the same reason why I don't care that Gargano hasn't gone up. I think Gargano's more in that mentor spot where he's staying in the NXT to try to help the youth. I know Rob and I debated about whether he should ever be a champion again, and I think to keep him credible, you have to do that, because then it's bigger when somebody beats him and it's for the belt. The Leon Ruff thing was always a stopgap. I think that was just to extend the feud because of... Um, I, I, I wonder if it had to do with the Finn Balor injury, and they needed something to kind of feature, so they kind of threw that in there to extend it. Otherwise, I think that Priest Gargano feud would have ended a while ago. That's the only thing I could come with up with why they would go there. And as soon as Ruff won the title, there was rumors that that was a temporary thing. Loomis, Cameron Grimes, whatever. Um, it was it was a good match. It was an interesting ending. I liked the Champa Th Thatcher match. I know I'm usually in the minority there, but I thought they had a good match. That was I, a good match. I know I picked wrongly on that one, and I, I should not have been surprised because Champa does tend to be everybody that's not main event. It seems. And then um, the Undisputed Era winning, I did predict that, and that was more, partially a case of Pat McAfee days before had indicated that that this wasn't, it almost seemed like it was thrown together almost at the end, in like October. And you could still have the Kings of NXT, if that's what they want to call themselves, you could still have them on the show as the Kings of NXT and maybe McAfee's their talking piece. I don't think this loss necessarily hurts them. Um, the fact that McAfee wasn't on this week and nothing really came out of it I, that's what I more question. Cause I, I'll be honest, 
Birch and Lorcan, I don't think they really get anywhere without McAfee. And that's just my opinion. I don't think Undisputed Era should go to the main roster because, honestly, I just don't think Vince will use them properly. So, um, But overall, I thought, as always, NXT and AEW, for that matter, usually put on good shows for their pay-per-views, and that streak keeps going. Uh, so, Steve, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. What are your thoughts on TakeOver? Uh, I enjoyed the show. It was, uh, I, I'll never miss a War Games pay-per-view. I mean, I love those matches. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed both matches. Um, the women's match actually didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, but, uh, you know, still a good match. I'm happy Undisputed Era won. Those are my guys. Um, I'm an Adam Cole fan since, like, we used to see him in Northeast Wrestling. But, uh, yeah, good show. And I was shocked that I was the only one who picked Gar- Johnny Gargano, and he won. <laughs> because the way you guys picked against him i'm like wow i'm probably picking the wrong guy but when he won i was like oh my god (laughs) shock but did you guys hear the unfortunate news that was just reported we lost a wrestling legend oh zeus zeus passed away tiny yeah found him dead in his apartment today So a moment of silence for Zeus. I mean, that's bigger than Pat Patterson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> only, only literally. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my guy did do some great movies on <laughs> Friday. <laughs> the only thing, I, just to finish War Games, the last thing I'd say is the the guy. Only thing to me, the guys did better was sell uh, during the ladies' match. I was like. They were hitting each other with kendo sticks and chairs, and then they were, like, kind of bouncing off like it didn't mean anything. And mm-hmm. it goes back to what Anthony always says is they don't sell today. And I thought a lot of times they were they were doing these spots. And one minute, you know, they're laying on the mat hurt. The next minute they're up doing the next spot. And I got to remember, like, the guys were doing a great. As the match went on, they really looked like they were kicking yeah. the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. And the girls and looked they like they so- were still fresh as daisies. And I was, like, halfway through the match, I'm like, wow, this match would be ten times better. If someone would look like something hurt, that happened to them. Yeah, but, you know, you bring that up with the women's match. What's what's the champion's name? Eero Shirai or whatever her name is, right? That's her name? All right. So she, like, gets attacked or whatever outside. And then out of nowhere, she's on the top of the cage putting herself in a garbage can and doing some, like, front flip stuff. I'm like, all right, well, she's dead. She's not coming back. (laughs) You know, like, and a bit later, she's up and going again. And they kept knocking her down. I'm like, do you know what the the uh, what's that what's that expression? You know what the uh, ins- you know what the definition of insanity is when you keep trying to do the same thing over and over again and it doesn't work. I'm like, honey, go a different route. All right, this is like four times now they've knocked you off the apron. Climb or go somewhere else. What is wrong with you? And from these war games matches, we did lose Candice Candice Ray, Lorray. She's oh, out God. for a while. With- Arm, and so is Bobby Fish. Dakota he just underwent Dakota Kai too. So War Games has three casualties to it. And and we actually mentioned just two women that were injured in that match. Um, I think part of the problem with the War Games, uh, with Rob's perspective on it, is the fact that we're kind of focused on whatever the cameras are showing us. Off screen, there are a lot of them that are just laying there for like a couple minutes. So they were selling in some respects, but. I could agree that not as well as they could be. I mean, as the match wears on, you should start to see the 
you know, the the results. Whereas the guys look, they look like they were in car wrecks. You know what I mean? Just to quote Jim Ross, where the, the women still, to, for me, in a lot of spots, still looked kind of fresh. And I think they need to keep in mind, you know, that you're trying to sell a story here, and the story is we're kicking the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. You know, but otherwise, it was a, a great match. So that's a tiny complaint. Now, last night on NXT, we did have the return of Karrion Cross. Right, they did tease him at War Games mm-hmm. with the, the the vultures and stuff like that. Um, so we had that. We had Baylor come back. What did you guys think of where they're setting up Cross right now in the NXT booking? I personally, I figured they were going to go Cross Balor. What threw me off was when they had. Like Pete Dunne and Damian Priest, like coming out and throwing their hat into the ring. Not that they shouldn't do that, because everybody wants to have that top title in whatever company they're working for. I just thought it was kind of odd that we kind of knew it was going to be Cross and Balor. So why are you throwing these other elements into it? Well, it's not Cross and Balor now, right? It's going to be Cross and Priest, right? Because it looks like, I mean, after he went after him, you would think that would be they're kind of they're kind of veering him off to the side and they're letting Dunne. And O'Reilly and who was the other guy in the ring? Was it Gargano? No, it was it was Priest. It was ba- there was Priest Balor. Um, you just mentioned hmm? Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, they really never the... named the challenger, so we really don't know who the next challenger is. I mean, Cross has a legitimate claim to the title. You might right, see. Never lost it. Yeah, maybe you'll see O'Reilly challenge. Balor in a rematch, and maybe you run Priest versus Cross at that. Do both those matches at New Year Evil next month, and then the winner of the Cross Priest match is the next challenger. I, I don't know. Um, I think or it's you... going to be o- O'Reilly, Dunn, and uh, Balor three way. But even but then the other thing is you had those guys in the opening segments, and then throughout the show, some of them got taken in different directions too. So mm-hmm. I I don't know. Maybe we're going to see some matches thrown together that will lead to the number one contender for New Year Evil because they got they got a couple weeks to fill. Yeah. And then we talk about opportunity. I know I mentioned the NXT girls moving up to the main roster. Rob thinks they should. I'm kind, I, I don't necessarily agree because we've seen WWE waste people that come up from NXT. Now, speaking of wasting people, uh, this, this week on, it's going to sound really dirty, but um, oral sessions with Renee Paquet. Uh, the former Renee Young, she had CM Punk on the show. It was a really good interview for those of you that didn't listen to it. It was honest. It was fun. Uh, but one of the things they debated quite a bit on was WWE and their marketing of certain people. Uh, Punk brought up the fact that he knows at least one instance where somebody was pegged for a role on a TV show. And by the time it got to the office, it was John Cena putting that role. Uh, the WWE WrestleMania pinball game, apparently he was supposed to be featured on it, and it just so happened he had a bachelor party at the pinball factory where they manufactured that thing, and at that pin, at that party, he found out from them that they wanted him on the on the pinball game, and WWE refused and told him that they wanted, like, Seamus Miz or John Cena. And then even Renee Young chimed in and said she threw out having a cooking show with the wrestlers, and... Her exact words were, but they didn't give it to me. They gave it to Bull Dallas. I love Bull Dallas, but fuck, I can never catch a break. And she also mentioned that she wanted to get a podcast off the ground, and they put a block on that. So, I mean, Bull Dallas has a cooking show? Apparently. 
<laughs> Yo, your your brother's a fiend. I tell you, there would have been more eyeballs on it if Renee was hosting it. I, I think he cooks for catering uh, before the shows. He clears the tables. Is yeah. that when they have to That's why he didn't get future endeavored. He somebody has to do the catering, cooking. Uh, somebody has to clean up after they eat. You done with that, sir? You done with that, Mr. Taker, sir? Yo, he throw some makeup on him. He looks like a bitch in the kitchen. <laughs> Is anybody else getting sick of hearing from CM Punk? Like, no. dude, either get back in the fucking ring or just fucking let it go. Because no, every, every time it's, okay, punk this, punk that. Oh, maybe he's coming back. Maybe he's not coming back. Like, Okay, and I could comment on that first. Listen to the interview. He did not come across a snotty or arrogant or... Like it, like he knows his, his, he thinks his shit doesn't stink. Like he has it, some people have felt at times, and he did address that. He did. The question was asked about whether he would come back. Um, he went into when he was released, and he said he had been suspended for two months. And he said he thinks if AEW was around, that probably wouldn't have happened that way. They would have wanted him back as soon as possible. He this time, and I, I'll quote exactly what he said, without wanting to insult anybody on either side of the fence, any WWE or AEW talent. It would take, above all, an interesting scenario. It would take a story that would be fun to tell and also the stupidest amount of money. But they could save themselves a lot of money if they present a fun storyline. He admitted he doesn't know. He's picky. He admits that. I mean, some of the, a lot of the greats are picky. Uh, Hogan was one. Austin was one and what have you. He mentioned he thinks AEW is a little bit more intriguing because of guys like Young Bucks and Kenny Omega who he hasn't faced before. And he even said about Renee's own husband – it's fun, but I've already wrestled him already. So he's looking for something new, and he's looking for the right storyline. The fact that he even was that open about it makes me think maybe he's starting to crack. Maybe we will see him back. Well, I mean, look, the window is closing, right? I mean, he's getting older. The interest in him will wane eventually. I mean, I would argue it's already started because there are no live crowds shouting his name. And I think he's definitely uh, enough of an egomaniac where he needs people to cheer for him. He did so mention think, that if the show was real, that they would have chimed in CM Punk chants throughout when they're doing the right. fake so, so I think the, the window is closing for him if he's coming back. And I don't think WWE will ever take him back. Not while Vince is around. I, and, and I'm not even sure about Triple H, but not while Vince is around. And I think why, Freddie, correct me if I'm wrong, do you not like Punk because he just speaks his mind, or you think he just he just all he does is talk, and you want to see him wrestle? I'd I'd rather see him in the ring than hear the constant for me the bullshit. Uh, oh well, this. Oh, if I was here, this. If this, that. You know, like I'm gonna come and, and talk shit on when Fox brought him in for the, what was it backstage. And he showed up every couple of weeks, brought the interest back, and then was like, I'm out. Did nothing with it. Like, either jump in, be about it, or go try and be an MMA guy, which mm -hmm. failed miserably. Uh, like, it just, for me, the interest has waned so much that I'm just like, I don't care anymore. So you don't you think if next week he showed up on AEW wrestling you wouldn't blow it wouldn't blow your mind you wouldn't be like holy shit this is great I'd I'd watch it because we do a wrestling podcast <laughs> I'd, I'd check it out but it's not it's not like all right let me let me go tune in to to see what Punk did this week is I just 
for me personally, I just there's no interest for me in Punk anymore. Okay. And we know if Johnny Gargano's in the segment, he's just going to fast forward through it anyway. Basically. <laughs> if was NXT. Um, he did mention the MMA thing. He did mention, yeah, I, we did it backwards. He basically, what he sa- explained was he was planning to go the amateur route, and it was actually Lorenzo Fertitta that had indicated to him, hey, would you ever do this thing? Like when they were hanging out at a fight and Dana White was like, you're a draw. You're good. You would bring us money. I know this isn't the way you normally do this, but are you interested? So as speculated UFC, it sounded like reached out to him to get in. He wanted to go the amateur route, but he's, he said it. He's like, am I going to go the amateur route making no money? If somebody's willing to pay me a ton of money to get in the cage. So that sounds like, to me, it's more of a, that was a UFC push, that he didn't reach out to them, they reached out to him. Um, as far as what he's doing now, he also seems more interested in, in acting. I know he's done a share of horror movies. Um, I will say the one I watched was okay, it wasn't great, but, um, sorry punk. But it sounds like he's more interested in acting now. He even admitted that he actually just recently hired a manager, so I don't know if we'll see him in the ring. Maybe it'll be more of a part-time legend thing. Now, Rob's saying he thinks the window's closing. Well, look at the eruption a guy like Sting gets just for walking out, fully knowing by most of us that he can't go the way he used to, not even close. He couldn't go a couple of years ago when WWE brought him in. So I I would dare say that he's one of the guys that if he came back, especially after all this time, there would still be a lot of interest there. I don't think the interest would necessarily be waning. I think it's one of those things that people might think he's out of the picture. But the second somebody like him would come back... The place would go ballistic. I mean, uh, prime example, we had Daniel Bryan who had to retire. And when he came back, the fans went absolutely crazy. But he was out long enough and he was actually out of the picture long enough that that a lot of people thought that ship had sailed and that interest had kind of gone down. I don't know. Those are my thoughts. I would have to say punk yay. Um, Not like, because there's times I couldn't stand the man, but... I would love to see him come back. I mean, there's one thing that, like, his pipe bomb moment, I feel, is such a major, major part of wrestling history. I mean, I I was talking to Jay about it yesterday, and, like, he was small when that happened. And just talking to him about it, explaining the background, he was like, wait, could we watch it? So, like, I pulled it up on YouTube, and we watched it on the TV literally yesterday. Um. So, like, that's, like, one thing I'll always remember and appreciate a punk. And, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him come back for a couple, like, guest spots. I mean, it's horrible. Well, not horrible, but I'd rather see – not rather see him come back than The Rock because I'll always mark out if The Rock comes back. But um, I'd rather see him come out come back better more than, um, like, another Paul Heyman guy, as he would say, Brock Lesnar. I would much rather see Punk back than Brock Lesnar. Like, there's many guys I would rather see come back than, uh, you know, there's uh, or there's. May, I, I'm sorry, let me rephrase. I'd rather see see him Punk come back than a lot of the guys that I do see come back. Let's put it that way. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I'm listening to you guys with the backstory and stuff. I haven't like caught anything on the CM Punk stuff, but still. Whether sometimes he acts like a bitch or not, like, you know, because we all know that my opinion with the MMA thing, he was kind of bitchy with that or didn't go anywhere, wherever the case may be. I would love to see him come back to WWE. I would love to see him 
um, you know, put some of these guys in their place, like to think they're hot shit now. I mean, I would like to see a CM Punk that I know this isn't going to happen, but where Vince lets him have a little bit of control, like, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like maybe if that pipe bomb segment, I'm saying, not saying you could do the pipe bomb again, but let him do a little bit of his controllables, if you will, because there was a time we all thought CM Punk was gold, or I think we all did. I know Anthony did. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a CM Punk guy. Now you mentioned Punk, um, and I know there was some heat between and him. And I'm also all about his wife, too. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Now you mentioned Punk. We've talked about Punk for a few minutes, and a couple weeks ago, Roman Reigns was quoted as saying he doesn't care for the guy, which I thought was interesting. Why would you throw that out there? But speaking of Roman... Earlier today, the some of the rumored matches for WrestleMania have come out. Uh, I know Rob pinged me before I even saw it. Rob, do you want to mention what some of these matches are? Ugh. Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. Uh, Edge versus Randy Orton. And then you have something different than I saw. You have Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar, and Keith Lee. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was McIntyre, Lesnar, and... Um, there was somebody else I thought I saw in that post. It wasn't Keith Lee, though. It was, um, I'm going to have to see if I can find it. It wasn't Keith Lee. It was somebody else. But, I'm looking. But I wasn't, I, I'm like, oh, my God, what a terrible WrestleMania this would be. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to see Goldberg ever in a ring again. Right? I mean, where's Daniel O'Brien in all this? I mean, there's the guy you want him to beat Roman Reigns. You don't want him to have a three-second match at WrestleMania with Goldberg. I mean, come on. Um, what I, I'm going to actually – I got the post up here, and it was actually – I went to the site you told me to check, and it says McIntyre, Lesnar, and Lee. What I actually found interesting – first, Goldberg on the bump yesterday actually said Roman Reigns is next, which I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, shit, are you kidding me? Throw it on WWE main event, you know, throw it on the Saudi show to make the Prince happy. Don't put this at WrestleMania. And not to mention you had the opportunity last year and Roman decided to stay home, which I'm not going to fault him for that. I get it. I Roman Goldberg. I just, I don't get it. The other thing you mentioned Daniel Bryan as a possible challenger. Well, who, what happened to the guy that was rumored to be getting the big push? Big E. I thought Big E would be the challenger for WrestleMania. So what happened to him? Is he fallen that far down? Does anybody really see Big E as a big single star? I don't. I don't. I don't. But that was the rumor. Uh, Steve, Freddie, do you think Big E's a main eventer? I thought at the beginning, when they first brought him up, when he was <clears throat> a heel as uh, Dolph's bodyguard, yeah. I thought you could have done it then and pushed it that way. Now he's become a comedy act, and I think you're going to need at least a year build on him to get him back to be a credible challenger for the title. At, at least, in my opinion, I think he needs at least a, a year fresh off of the New Day, off of, you know, Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky, you know, singles guy. You, you got you to gotta build him the right way to get him there before you, you throw him in that title picture. Why not? Why not put the fiend? Why not put the fiend in the main event of Mania? Like, why the fuck do we have to bring Goldberg back? 
Like, he sucked in WCW. He sucked when he came back now. Like, what? what is it? The dude's in-ring work is trash. Like, I will say it right now. He almost killed The Undertaker the last time they were out. Like, it's... I, I very much dislike Goldberg. And yeah, that's that's me for that. Just curious, did somebody piss in your Cheerios this morning? Because you got some vigor tonight, my friend. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm coming with it. <laughs> uh, so does that mean the WWE Network can't count on you to watch the Goldberg 173 match streak that they're putting online this Sunday? <laughs> so is that really like a five-minute show? Because didn't they make up half the streak anyways? It's going to be a lot of so, a lot of static. Like, yeah, like 30 <laughs> seconds of it. And, and Edge and Randy Orton, what what are we supposed to be seeing that in that match that we already haven't, haven't seen? There's no titles on the line, right? Uh, and they they've already done the Last Man Standing, right? And uh, all of that stuff. So what do we what are they bringing new to the table? Why, if Edge is really going to come back, wouldn't that wouldn't he be a great opponent for a young guy to to get some of his get some rub by beating Edge, a former world several time heavyweight champion? I don't understand that. Why? What, what What benefit does that match bring us? If you were going to do Edge and Orton again, and I know he has a torn tricep, uh, Hell in a Cell would have been the perfect time to blow that thing off, and at least that would have been a feud that went on several months instead of some random Hell in a Cell match that didn't end a feud. But, yeah, I, what match is left? What, are we going to get a ladder match next? And what are I mean, they fighting and, for? I, I don't right, know. And, and, and Edge is showing he does, he's not durable anymore. He's not reliable. Right? He's getting hurt all the time now. So why would you bank a great WrestleMania match on someone who's been is constantly getting hurt? Well, they did use The Undertaker for three years. Hmm? Why not do a Edge and Daniel Bryan? I mean, I was thinking, like, I could see it, but like I was saying, I thought I thought Edge could give the rub to a younger guy who needs it. Like? Um, and remember, Edge was on the raw side. Yeah, I mean they're doing such a shitty job at promoting their young guys. I don't, I'd have to think about it. If I was going to put Edge on the card, it would be have to be with someone who need who could use a win against a big opponent. I don't know who off the top of my head. Or maybe have him and Jeff Hardy do a ladder match for old time's sake, like a nostalgia type match. But what, what's at stake? Nothing. Nostalgia. It's just you know. We've done this before. Let's do it one more time, you know, while we still can. Because neither they have no plans for either one of them, so why not? Right, but a ladder match, you usually climbing up to grab something. What are you grabbing? Well, then have a TLC match then. I don't know. King of the ladder matches. I don't know. Who cares? The titles are meaningless anyway. Why don't we just put contract above the ring for Terry and you can bring her back in her 50-year-old wrinkly state? <laughs> hey. Winner has to date Lita. Are we bringing back Matt Hardy for that? He did that already. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I, I I I saw those three matches and I was like, yuck, yuck, and yuck again. Not not happy already. And WrestleMania is six months away. But you know what? There's been a few times they've announced matches ahead of time. They ended up going with it. We thought it was going to be shit, and it was actually decent. That being said, the other side of the coin is this is a throwaway. A lot of these matches in our minds, it seems. I mean, except. The Lesnar-McIntyre-Lee match, which I, I know Lesnar being in there kind of throws things off. 
do you want to see them give a prime great match that we really want to see at an empty another empty arena wrestlemania last year they had weeks to put it together and the matches were already announced this year they know that there's probably a good shot they're not gonna have a crowd there and i don't know if you guys saw the footage of the thunderdome going up at tropicana field they're not using that whole stadium they literally built it on uh, i think on the second between second third and first base so they're not even going to set it up in a way that if they could have a uh, socially distanced crowd, that they could even take advantage of that stadium. So they might have come to the conclusion they're going to be closed door again. And then why would you throw a marquee match up there? I think that's part of the problem we've run into. Some of the stuff they're playing safe because they're waiting for crowds. Be waiting a it's going to suck to have without a crowd. Well, they're talking about Super Bowl having a crowd. And so you got to do it in Florida, basically. Yeah, it's gonna be at it's gonna be at the uh, Tampa Bay Stadium, which coincidentally is where they're rumored to be moving WrestleMania if LA doesn't get their shit together. And I don't think LA is gonna get their shit together. That entire state's a shit show right now. No and, show. You know, like, again, and I'll come back to why is Brock Lesnar getting a you know rumored to get a prime spot yet again? They're they're once again not promoting from within, and once again not giving that spot to someone who actually needs it. You know, Brock will come in, he'll three, show up three times, throw a bunch of suplexes out. He won't win the match, um, but he'll take up the money in the spot. I just don't follow. Where are they going to go? These guys are all going to get too old at some point, and they're not going to be able to, to appear. And then what happens? You've got this huge gap. Like, you've got your AJ Styles. You've got, like, your, you know, all those guys that are getting ready to retire, getting ready to walk away. And then now you've got, like, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle, who, you know, Matt Riddle, you're having lose every week. So you're not promoting him at all. Matt Riddle would probably be a good opponent for Edge. What about him? What do you guys think about that? I think Riddle's getting the U.S. title, and that's where he's going to be for a while. He's going to beat Lashley? I think so. I think he will. I think Lashley's had that belt for too long as it is. I think, don't forget, guys, we're all missing the big picture here. Eva Marie is coming back. <laughs> that's, that's the big wrestling. You know what? Right I heard she learned another move, so that means she's got two in her arsenal. Yeah, she learned how to take a rose from off screen from Angel Garza. I think she can walk to the ring and get in the ring without tripping. So there's her two moves. There's two. Boom. You guys are so harsh. She was easily <laughs> the worst wrestler I have ever seen. And and I, I'm counting Snooki and I'm counting um, Jackie Gata. Maria Menounos. This woman was supposedly had been trained by Brian Kendrick, who is a great wrestler. And she still couldn't put it together. I guess some she point comes back as, as strictly eye candy, and that's all she is, that's perfect. That's her yeah, role. That, that was supposed to be Lana's role, and now we're supposed to believe Lana's a wrestler. Speaking of someone who's gotten trained by some good wrestlers and can't get, seem to get it together. Like, if you want to keep her as eye candy, I'm fine. Get as much eye candy as you want. But when you try to put them in the ring and make them look credible some people it just doesn't happen for them i just don't understand why they don't cut bait at some point you know just say look it's not working out yeah but with that 
let's jump over to the AEW side. There was some there was some big stuff there. Rob, throw us into this Kenny Omega. Okay. So Kenny Omega, as we all know, won the AEW heavyweight championship with some help from Don Callis. Now, what I liked, um, if you didn't watch the Impact interview, it was about 20 minutes long at the end of the show. It's on YouTube for those who haven't seen it. And I thought they did a really good job of of laying some groundwork. First of all, I love the fact that they took Moxley's nameplate off and threw it in the trash. I think that was that made me laugh because I'm like they're they're changing the nameplate of their title on a different show, so I kind of like that. But what I liked about it is um, they kind of went through the background. They gave you you know how Don Callis and Kenny Omega have gotten together over the years, and they kind of cataloged Omega's career. So like if you're an Impact watcher and you have no idea who Kenny Omega is, now you know who he is. If you're a casual wrestling fan and you kind of know who Don Callis is, now you understand the relationship between the two. And then to top it all off, the end, Kenny Omega talked about being a collector. You know, sometimes you collect comic books or baseball cards. He likes to collect titles. And he's already a champion in Mexico. And he's already a champion in the United States. You know, and he's like, and maybe Impact would look really good on my mantle. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm getting visions of Ultim- Ultimo Dragon with the eight belts. And it would be really interesting to see Kenny Omega with three championships wrapped around his waist or two over his shoulder, one around his waist. Um, what I didn't like was last night on Dynamite, his home show, he had a very quick interview and it was kind of just a recap of the same stuff, which Freddie and I were talking about it before the show. And I said, I don't know what else he's going to say after he just did a 20 minute diatribe the night before. But on the other hand, I think they really set the groundwork well. Now, where this goes is what I want to know. I want to know. Is that not a one-time appearance on Impact? Are Impact guys going to show up on because because they started sending it? I don't know if you you guys didn't see it. Rich Swan, who was the Impact champion, was trying to go see Kenny Omega, and they're like, "Yeah, only only real world champions can come through this door." And he was like, uh, "I'm a world champion. I got the Impact belt." So I'm kind of hoping there, you know, we're getting slaying the groundwork maybe for some champion versus champion matches. I'm hoping the NWA gets involved. Um, I'm hoping at some point New Japan gets involved. I would love to see this play out to its whole fruition. Knowing the way wrestling works, it won't. It'll fizzle out. Something will go wrong. But I, I hold hold fast that they've got the world's attention. Now they got to keep it. And that's always the trickiest part. Cyclopedia, what are your thoughts on this? I think AEW has the higher viewership. I think they needed to make more of a point there, and I think they struck out, personally. Callis should be his mouthpiece, and I think Kenny needs to keep his mouth shut. Or AEW needs to replay that clip from Impact, because I'm gonna, I'm not going to lie. I'll be honest. I didn't, I didn't watch the Impact interview. I think that was a huge miss to make a bigger deal on the show with less viewers and less people with access to that show than the bigger show of the two. Stevie G, what do you think? I mean, it could be huge, or it may not be. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you're crossing brands with TNA. Like, for God's sakes, they were on. Impact. Impact. Did you see Steven just did a Melser? It could be huge, or it couldn't be. (laughs) It might work, or it will work. (laughs) I don't care. Impact, TNA, whatever the hell you want to call that second-rate league, that, that that TV guide station league, 
um, WWE Free For All League, um, you basically are cross-branding with, like, a league that really, like, you know, WWE is here, AEW's right here, and TNA is, like, six feet underground below the shit that my dogs let out, okay? So my my thing with that is, is like, oh, great, you cross-branded, awesome, with one of the weaker leagues. Like, honestly, I would have rather seen them cross-brand with Ring of Honor. I think it would have been more interesting with some of those guys than you have um, than you have with Impact. Like, Impact's like, this is, if, if anything, this is going to help Impact. It's not going to help AEW out too, too much, in my opinion. Um, they cross with like New Japan and our leagues. That's great. The funniest thing that I, the funniest thing that I read, because I did catch a little something on this, was that Triple H was like, "Oh yeah, we'll be opening, to, we'll be open to doing that." Yeah, okay, ass. Not as long as father-in-law is running the damn business, you jackass. Why lie about it? So, um, yeah, I think it could be cool, but I'm not. It's, it was impact. Like I'm not too excited for that. Like, and you guys know damn well. I mean, I'm sure Rob Anthony's talked to you about it, and I know Freddie and Anthony knew. I used to watch Impact Wrestling all the damn time. I mean, I think I put Anthony on to the first, like, Matt Hardy on location match that Impact did. I think Impact was the total wrong turn to go. It's, God, such a waste of time. Now, we did do a little research. Omega coming to Impact did bring eyes to it, the current state of the Omega YouTube video is 350,000 on YouTube. Uh, on Twitch, I believe it got 54,000 views as of the 8th. That was the night of, of it. Um, that was Twitch. I mean, he brought eyes to the product, but how, how long can that really last without doing something where impact is on a major network or at least broadcasting so people can see it. I know a lot of these networks, a lot of these shows, other promotions are on YouTube because they don't have that big network or some of them are on a network that not many people have. So they do throw it on YouTube as well. I mean, if, if Omega can bring eyes to it, it has to be done the right way. If if not, it's gonna fizzle out in a month, and you're back at square one. This storyline went nowhere. You could drop your mic now. What was it? <laughs> Someone's gonna have to not, that. To my up. snap's not there, bro. You need the to be a little more drop. snappy, a little faster. Bro, you're not going across. You have to go across the lips, bro. It works better if you. There you go. It's I gotta work. Doing. I gotta work on. Yo, I just did it. Both my dogs just jumped up. <laughs> uh, Too bad we didn't hear it on this end. I was gonna say we heard nothing. So. Well, I'm on an iPad now, and my connection is working off of my cell phone. That's how bad things are in my house right now. Get your AOL disc out and dial in. Bro, <laughs> you're Shawn Michaels. Started on this shit, Jeff. <laughs> Well, while Steven's having some trouble, that maybe we could dive into the social media post of the week. Uh, we have two contenders. So the first one, let me bring it up here. The Washington football team actually won a game. 
They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were undefeated. And the Washington football team actually had tweeted out, we are feeling pretty limitless yesterday. And they had Adam Cole in the photo. And then when they won, they tweeted out again, this time, nerves of steel, baby. To which Dr. Britt Baker, a Steelers fan, actually said, whoa, how are you going to troll me like this? Smacks my head. So that's contender one. The other contender is Steven's favorite female wrestler of all time, Shayna Baszler. I, I just read this comment. Oh, my God, it's so funny. <laughs> WWE tweeted out a shot of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler with the quote that Nia gave Shayna that says, Asuka is dangerous, but you're the queen of spades. To which a guy by the name of Florida Man 1973 wrote, My new, my new hero. Baszler looks like her face caught fire and was put out with a shovel. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> to which Baszler tweeted back, and I still pull hotter tail than you. Yeah, dogs. <laughs> Do you know that for a fact? Yeah, well, that is a great cop. We could ask Steven because he's in the room when she first starts hooking up with people before he runs out <laughs> screaming. Call back, call back. <laughs> Why does that never get old? Never, never. <laughs> and and it looks like his internet connection died. Yeah, his picture's frozen, so he must agree with you. He must, in silence. Oh, he, he he wants us to be quiet because him and Shane are are having a moment right now. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Funny comment, man. That's too bad. So, so are we giving that one to? I think we got to give that one to to Basler on this one. Florida yeah. man, you are the you're the king. I bow to you. <laughs> Rob, Rob's not giving it to Basler. He's giving it to the Florida man. <laughs> yeah, I mean her comeback stunk. I mean, come on. I I thought it was pretty good, but. Encyclopedia, what's our you fucked up moment of the week? I already announced it. It's you two getting one win on Takeover, the lowest total ever. On our picks. You really wanted to bring that back up? Wait, well, actually, totals? No boy. You and I, you and I went three and two, they went one and four. <laughs> so how come Rob's not bugging out now? Like Rob talked all this shit all the time. Why aren't you talking shit now, bro? Where are you well, at? What would I have to brag about? I went one and four. <laughs> I'm still no, I, I'm still I, champion. I, 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 I mean, I thought I thought you were the hottest pick in the game, though, bro. One and four? Come on. Hey, look. Do the Pittsburgh Steelers win every game? No. <laughs> True. True. And neither did the New England Patriots that I mean, one season. I mean, Thank you, Giants. You, you, you can't be 100% all the time. Yo, I love Anthony's uh, Giants pride. Love it. Maybe I, should, maybe I should throw on my new jersey. No, that's all right. None of us would see it anyway. Yeah, you're frozen. <laughs> I told you to stop using Pornhub, man, that there's viruses and shit in there. Trust me, you know I don't need Pornhub, sweetheart. <laughs> All right, what else What else do we got before we run? anything else to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one thing that's come up quite a bit over our entire decades of fandom, uh, nepotism and rustling. 
We've seen a lot of people that have rightly worked their way to the top coming from nothing. And then we have a lot of people that got their spot because of who they were related to. So I wanted to get into that because I think what really triggered it for me was Taz's son, who I still can't remember the kid's freaking name. Now all of a sudden Taz's son is getting in the ring too. So it's like, when is nepotism actually worked out and we're okay with it? And when is it struck out royally? And I'm going to throw some names out here just to give you guys some context of some people that have probably gotten contracts through their bloodline. Uh, we got Nia Jax. We all know wh where that came from. We got Simone Johnson, The Rock's daughter. Haven't seen anything of her except that she was one of the crowdies during the beginning of the pandemic era. We got Taz's son, who we just saw on AEW last night. We got The Gun Club. Uh, we got The Sons of Billy. I believe one's name is Austin. I don't even know who the other one is. Uh, not only did we get Dominic Mysterio, we also got Aaliyah. And then we go to some older names. We've got Roman Reigns. His father was a wrestler. His cousins were a wrestler. You could say the same thing about the Usos. Uh, we got Charlotte Flair. We know who her dad is. Natalia, famous uncle, famous dad. Randy Orton, third generation. Stephanie and Shane McMahon. And then we got Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas, who were really the kids of Mike Rotunda. And let's not forget Curtis Axel. Is he even under contract anymore? I'm not even sure. And then we got Cody and Dustin Rhodes. So nepotism is used in wrestling. Does it drive you guys crazy? Are there some instances where you're okay with it or you're not, and you're, uh, other instances where you're not? What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, I think it's funny that you brought this topic up because um, if you go back through the history of wrestling, um, it's always been nepotism. There's always been, you know, the Briscoes, uh, the Armstrongs, the Gilberts, uh, uh, the Hearts, the Wyndhams. Just, I just made a quick list for myself here of just names I was thinking of the past. The Funks. Ganyas. Right, the Ganyas. I mean, and it's it's prevalent. I mean, I would say without nepotism, you wouldn't have gotten a lot of the great wrestlers that you have now. And I think a lot of that is because, you know, they grew up in the business, so they understand the business. Um, do you th do you think now though that it's gotten so out of hand that we're getting a lot of people that have no business being in the ring anymore? No, it's that... no wor to me it's no better or worse than it was in the past. Um, Eric Watts is a pure pure example of that. If you don't know who that is, it's Cowboy Bill Watts' son, who was promoted in WCW back in the day and was put immediately over Arn Anderson, um, and they gave him the TV title and he was clearly not a good wrestler and not ready for the ring. Um, David Flair is another example, you know, just because he had the Flair name, he was a horrible, horrible wrestler, had no personality, no business being in a ring. Uh, I think Dominic Mysterio has no business being in the ring at this point. So nothing's changed. It's just, you know, the names change and whether they have earned their spots, whether they're keeping the name, like I can appreciate Bray Wyatt, not, not running with the rotunda name. He could have, um, you know, but on the other hand, like Cody and Dustin Rhodes, it worked out perfect for them. So, I mean, it really comes down to, you know, is this person, are they, you know, are they worthy? Are they good wrestlers? And a lot, some, in some cases, they've surpassed their parents as well. I, mean, I think everybody would say Randy Orton is probably better than his father in a lot of cases. So it's always been there. It'll always be there. And it, I think in some cases, you know, it, it totally works out and some it doesn't like anything else 
I mean, if it's if it's done correctly and they pay their dues, they come up the right way, then I'll go with it. Rock was Rock was one of them. Um, you've got you you missed a name that just tried out um, Steiner's son, Rick Steiner's son. He just had a tryout with WWE not too long ago, so he's another name coming up. Simone Johnson. I'll give it to her. She's going through NXT. They haven't thrown her directly on the shows. They're trying to build it the right way. So I'll, I'll hold my judgment on her. Tamina Snuka, that that was a failed one for me. Uh, Bray Wyatt, great. Bo Dallas, not so much. Curtis Axel, didn't live up to his props. Brian Pillman, he's fallen in that same boat. Uh, Dave Boy Smith Jr. He's got a look, no personality. So that that sucks for him. Some of these guys can do it, some of them can't. I think the the big aspect of it is one, can you wrestle? And two, do you have some type of charisma? If you've got no charisma, you're you're asked out. I mean, the name gets you in the door, right? It's what you do with it yep. once you get there. It's what you, like, look at The Rock. Rock was a prime example. When he came in as Rocky Maivia, he sucked ass. Then he got put with Farouk and the Nation of Domination, and he flourished and, you know, one of the greatest of all time. So I, I think it's it's what you do with it. If you it, The name, like you said, Rob, the name gets you in the door. It's what you do with it after it. Steve, what do you think? Did we lose him? I think his mic is off. Steve, you're on mute. If he can't see us, he won't know. Yeah. All right. So you talk. <laughs> oh, is that what I'm supposed to do? Um, believe it or not, I will actually say Dominic Mysterio has done pretty well in the ring, so I don't have a problem with him being in the ring. As far as being on the main roster, yeah, I agree. I think he should have been in NXT at least to start. Um, I think the fact that he trained with Lance Storm kind of helped put him over the edge. Uh, Simone Johnson, I don't know what the story is with her. I I think she should have started a little bit lower and worked her way up to the NXT. I, it almost seems like a Charlotte Flair situation with her. And I think Charlotte Flair was further, much further along in the time, in the same amount of time that Simone Johnson's been in there. I don't think Simone Johnson's even sniffed TV time, except for being in the crowd. I think she just blew out her knee. That's true. That's true. She does have an injury. You're right. Nia Jax, if there's, we're seeing her face freaking Lana on Monday on Raw on Bathroom Break or the you fucked up moment of the week. I'll predict it right now. I don't understand how someone who's been around for this long, first in NXT and then on the main roster, is still green as goose shit. I don't. Get it? I she's somebody that I wouldn't mind seeing go away. You know, my problem with the, the this whole group is there's something to be said for paying your dues, like working the indies, working for ten dollars a night. Like that's my problem. Like why I won't watch like talent shows because to me there's no shortcut to success. You need to pay your dues. You need to go out there and work for peanuts. I mean, The Rock basically worked for peanuts he's one of the few guys that i remember started at the bottom he was in uswa you know he worked 
for practically nothing and paid his dues. A lot of these other guys, they, you know, they, because their dads are who they are or, or moms, they show up on the main shows and they're not ready. They didn't pay their dues. They don't understand, you know, what it's like to work for nothing in a small gym in front of a small crowd. That's how you get better at your craft, you know, and like you don't not everybody's a charlotte who's like a, a natural who can who can do things right on the fly a lot of times there are other people who have to work their way through and you're seeing it now you're seeing guys show up on the main roster who just are not ready who just don't have that they don't know how to appeal to a crowd they don't know how to work a crowd they don't know how to they don't have any hardship and hardship is what makes you which makes you build your character right you hear about all the most successful bands they played in front of nobody or they played in front of their girlfriends and that's how they got their swagger, their style. They learned how to control a crowd. They learned how to do what they need to do to be successful. And we're putting these guys like 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 a Naya, like a Dominic, who don't belong on TV. We're putting them on TV and we're asking them to do what guys that have been doing for 15 or 20 years. And I find what I find interesting too. The other point I was going to make is they gave all the the uh, tough enough people crap, right, for appearing on a reality show, but aren't it's kind of the same thing, right? They're, they cut to the front of the line. They're not paying their dues like a lot of these sons and daughters of wrestlers are doing. So I find it interesting that The Miz got so much crap in the beginning for being a reality star when he just followed the same path as a lot of these other people who didn't have to pay their dues. They just showed up on TV and started wrestling, you know? So I, I thought that was interesting. But during the pandemic right now, where, you know, you had Dominic show up and his sister, there's there's no live crowds for them to work in front of. Right. Uh, well, I, I mean, this is a, a got, different scenario, but I'm talking about in general. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I agree with you. With Dominic in this aspect, I do think he should have started in NXT. I think pushing him to the main roster was the wrong call. If he would have started in NXT, I think that would have been better, but... Well, even if you want to pull him in just for this angle, but then now send him to NXT and let him get some seasoning. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, he has paid his dues. He's been around since the early 2000s, right? Wasn't Dumb. wasn't he the prize of a ladder match between Eddie Guerrero <laughs> and his dad? Hey, man, I'm your puppy. I did have Eddie that Guerrero. Got it. That, it almost sounded yeah. like Eddie for a minute there. <laughs> Well, and you want to talk about nepotism. It happens right here on the show. Stevie G would not be anywhere in this wrestling world if it wasn't for his big brother, Blackbeard the Encyclopedia. Anything to say about that, Stephen? No, it must be true then. I can give a rat's ass on <laughs> There he is. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Figured Figured out his mic was on. Enjoy that edit. And you fell for it. That's why I said that, because I knew you would couldn't hold back. This son of a bitch was listening to us the whole time and ignoring us. <laughs> I, did, I honestly didn't care for this category. Sorry. But I do want to point out, I don't know if you guys saw this, because I don't know what you guys follow on Facebook, but I guess uh, SmackDown on Fox did a post, and it was, who is Sasha's Banks' greatest rival? And this kid that I know from the city like reposted it. And said Charlotte Flair, and me and him got into an argument because I feel it's Bailey. I so what's your opinions on that? I'm just curious because I I went in, I was like, yo, Bailey, she had this match of Bailey, this match of Bailey, blah blah blah, and he's like, 
But Charlotte, Charlotte, in this set, I'm like, yo, motherfucker, you have no leg to stand on. Get the fuck out of here, Charlotte, Charlotte. Like, who would you guys say? And the choices were, who is Char- it says, who is Sasha's greatest rival? Bailey, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, or Asuka? And this was posted by WWE on Fox. Bailey, obviously. Yeah, it would have to be Bailey. Bailey across the board, because I know Anthony's going to pick Bailey. Yeah, no, I, I would say Bailey. I could see why some people might argue Charlotte because of the history they had on the main roster. But I, I think there's much more meat on the bone with the Bailey Sasha feud. And if you're totally basing it on the main roster, which I wonder if your buddy was doing that, then you didn't do your homework because their feud was way better in NXT. And they should have incorporated that into this main roster feud and hinted at that more than they did. Charlotte's biggest rival is Amir. <laughs> or maybe her plastic surgeon. Her boobs. <laughs> yeah, her boobs. I mean, those things. Those things. <laughs> what is it, like this, Freddie? They're constantly fighting oh. to get it out. <laughs> Scales are just size. It, 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 all, it, it all depends on the day, I guess. So, speaking of Charlotte... The rumor going around right now, before we close out the show, is they're going to pair her and Andrade together when she gets back to push him up to a main event level. Do you guys think that's going to work? Is it going to fall flat on his face? What do you guys think? Speaking of nepotism, nice. There you go. Freddie kind of looks like Andrade, too. No, his 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 pose avoided that. Um, yeah, so I don't think that's gonna help him. I don't. I think it's predictable. At some point, they're gonna realize that they're sinking, and they're gonna get reflaring on the mix somehow, and it's just not gonna work out. I kind of feel like Andrade, if you stand any chance with him, keep him out for a while. I don't know if you rebrand him or just bring him back the same, but bring him back by himself. Keep, like, all the outside bullshit and let the guy wrestle because the guy is a good wrestler. That's just my opinion. Andrade, do you want to chime in? I think he needs a mouthpiece. He needs a better mouthpiece. I know you can't stick him. I know the main person you would want to stick him with would be Heyman, but you can't can't do that. He's not a Heyman guy. Yeah, he's a Samoan yeah, I think he needs a good mouthpiece. This is where not having managers anymore. No, I'm saying, no, he's not Samoan, so he wouldn't fit in that. Okay, I was like, Samoan, what? No. He's Mexican, yeah, he clearly won't fit in that. I mean, I mean, maybe what? you could have him join the Mysterio family and start Racist. Like Mysterio's wife. Uh, he, he, he needs a good mouthpiece. Like, this is where, God rest his soul, if Eddie Guerrero was around. You could pair them together and have Eddie as his mouthpiece would have been perfect, I think. But I guess if Vicky wasn't managing the tranny over on AEW, she would have been perfect for Andrade. Oh man, no, I don't. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. she would be annoying as fuck, and he could be the one doing the work in the ring. I never saw him as a main event player, so. So. I like Andrade. He, I think he has some talent there. Do I see him as a main eventer? As much as I think there's the potential there, I don't think it's in the WWE. I hate to say it. 
and this is going to come across as racist and I'm not trying to be, I think it, he'd be better off main eventing down in AAA. Mad racist. It, it's a language barrier issue. I mean, Asuka's managed to pull it off, but she speaks enough English that she could get by, and it's actually pretty funny when she does go off on her her tirades, but I, I can't see Andrade be, having that comedy element to him, and I think actually that would hurt Charlotte. So I... Unfortunately, I think I think the ship sailed on on Dada. Your best bet might be to put him down in NXT. Uh, he, I think, the firing of Zelina really kind of finished him off in some respects, and not just him, but also Alistair Black. We haven't seen him since that all went down. But anyway, we could speak hours for that. Um, we did mention Charlotte. Charlotte somehow is one of the contenders for Superstar of the Year on the WWE Slammy Awards. So, I propose that. In one of the upcoming episodes, either next week or the week after, because we do have TLC picks next week, we give our own end-of-year picks, uh, just kind of like what we did with the mid-year. What do you guys think? I'm in. Okay. All right. And we'll decide whether we want to have separate WWE and AEW or if we're just going to do overall. What do you guys want to do there? Overall. Overall. Okay. Overall. All right, so we'll start planning for that. If we don't do it next week, we'll have it for the week after. And I think that's a wrap, right, Fred? Yep. So we thank you guys for listening. This Sports Frenzy Podcast.com, This Sports Frenzy Pod on Twitter, This Sports Frenzy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Peace.